0: I'm Mahani Jahangiri and welcome to Conversations With My Dog. Today's guest is Russell Hunt from Petslet.com. They are a pet-friendly property portal where it is free to register and upload properties, also offering a relocation service for pet owners who are having difficulty in finding somewhere to live with their four-legged friends. Russell set up Petslets in 2020 as he inherited three dogs from people whose landlord said no he was previously in property for over 20 years so understands bricks and mortar and loves pets they also have a resident beagle bassett named biscuit who is also the co-founder and sniffs out good locations now it is such an honor to welcome russell and biscuit on the show hello russell namapa
1: hi Marnie. how are you (laughs) thank you thank you for letting me on the show
0: absolutely and what a beautiful day
1: It's a lovely day she's woken up she's woken up
0: because i mentioned her name
1: probably yeah she has big ears she hears everything (laughs)
0: <laughs> do you hear hears everything Robbie's sitting on the couch and he's saying oh not another one of those podcasts Mum. can we just get out he's done with it he's done with it honestly he's looking at me and saying oh god <laughs> do, do you find it also that the dogs respond um, to laptops and things like that gadgets
1: well well biscuit is kind of more on paw patrol because a few weeks back a, a, a cat kind of stuck her, her paw through a fence and ever since that she's uh she walks around the garden, you know, purveying her territory.
0: How cute! So, so what happened exactly? Did she just go nuts or?
1: Yeah. Oh yes, and and there are cats who just jump on the top of the fence and look down at her, and she's jumping up, down, barking, she's not going to catch them. But you know, she's straight out the door. But you know what's great? At
0: least she has social interaction, unlike us. Or tell me, at work now, everything is online. How do you meet um, your, you know, your customers with viewings and things? How do you do it?
1: Um, you, you basically you Zoom. You do Zoom calls. Um, and what you're finding is, particularly with, with clients from overseas, things are getting delayed. It's all about when they can get flights. Um, some, are, some of our clients on, on the relocation side... Are already in the UK but they're waiting for their their pets to be flown over and it's a case of so I spoke to a client the other day and she said well Michael my four dogs could be over in the next two weeks I just don't know it's just whenever a window arises
0: it's unbelievable. And it must cost a fortune to fly over a dog because I can't afford it. I go with um, Robbie to Switzerland. But we have to go all the way through uh, Calais, you know, that Eurotunnel. And if they bummed up the price three times more with the Euro Tunnel. It's unbelievable. It's so expensive now.
1: Yes. Well, that was it. I mean, th- this clerk was saying the prices are going up all the time.
0: So how much is it to fly a dog over? It must cost a fortune. How much is it now?
1: I think it's it's a it's a few thousand pounds, but I mean, it, it just varies as as to to, to which airline you're going with and what what flight you can get. People can't be fussy; they're just so. If you're coming, so people coming from South Africa, they there are only two airlines that are flying at the moment, and it's far away somewhere else, so they don't they can't be choosy.
0: Yes, it's incredible, especially South Africa. God knows how difficult it must be at the moment. You did um, mention; I read in your bio uh, quite a lot about South Africa. Is there a A relationship to South Africa there?
1: I've worked. I've worked. um, I was a search agent for over 20 years uh, with my previous company. I was a partner and I worked a lot with South Africans. Um, I'd say probably about 80% of our clients are South Africans. Uh, So actually, one of my clients the other day said, are you South African? Because for some reason, I must have picked up some slight accent.
0: And how and why do South Africans like to relocate to the UK that is wet and dreary and, well, not such a great uh, situation at the moment, why would they relocate?
1: Um, Primarily because of safety. Um, They feel safe. They can start a new life. Uh, Lots of them have British passports, British citizenship, so it's easy to come over. Um, And they have friends and relatives over here.
0: It's incredible. I have a South African friend and she said not in a million years would she relocate to South Africa at the moment. She doesn't about lockdown. She doesn't care about tier five hundred or you know if Boris wants to go on forever, she says I would never relocate. And I, I was quite shocked to hear that, um, how bad it is over there at the moment. Um
1: yes, no, it is. Um, you know, yeah, people are really people are leaving. Yeah, people are leaving. Uh because they just they just want a safer life.
0: A safer life. And it's nothing to do with COVID, right? It, we're talking about proper safety and uh, security.
1: No, we're talking about proper safety. Yeah, we're talking exactly. about proper
0: safety. something that we don't probably understand as Brits what it means, but we're just dealing with COVID. <laughs> but anyway, coming to your yes, so <laughs> I have so many. I have so many questions, Russell. But let's start. How was Pets Let's born? You mentioned you are in property for twenty years. How? When, how, why? Uh,
1: well, I grew, I, I, I grew up in London. I grew up in London as a Londoner. I inherited three dogs from people whose, whose landlords said no. Um, and then I was an estate agent for many years uh, in PR and property, uh, doing search uh, for clients. And it kind of I left the business, um, and it kind of came around full circle. Um, you know, Biscuit's four years old. We've had her since she was a puppy. Um, and you just kind of realize how difficult it is over the years for people with pets to, to, to rent properties. Um, even it can be a little bit tricky if you're looking to buy a property as well.
0: Absolutely. And I was just my second question is, why has London, a major global city, been so non-dog friendly over the years? Why is the subletting so difficult to subletting more than anything?
1: Um, I think it well, well basically, if you look at a lot of the blocks in London, they all have antiquated non, non-pets clauses, you know, which would be a real hassle to change because you're always going to get someone who's going to complain about pets, you know whether it's, it's a dog barking late at night, et etc. Um, and it's it's too too radical in a way to, to try and change those things in the big blocks. I think it's it's slowly changing. Um, you find with some blocks there are concierges who might turn a blind eye. But if you're looking to rent in, in, a, in, a, in a block, you're not going to be able to get a proper tenancy agreement because at any time you could be evicted. So, you find that there are a lot of landlords who, who own buy to lets in big blocks who really would like to rent out to people with pets but can't because the freeholder says no.
0: Incredible. I, I just don't understand because in, in France, for example, pets are part of the family, or even in Switzerland, dogs can go into hotels and to restaurants, uh, even sometimes supermarkets. Uh, it isn't a question. And I'm just wondering. <sighs> Why in the UK we're so dog friendly? It doesn't make any sense.
1: But you know, Marnie, what's ironic is that um, so so we've created a pets and property tips uh, Facebook group uh, just before Christmas, which is growing really well, and it's where we look to answer people's questions about renting with pets. But one of the things I've, I've come across reading different Facebook groups and talking to people is that there are people who are pet owners; they are sympathetic with uh, the fact that it's hard to find a pet-friendly rental across the UK. But yet, with their own rental properties, they won't allow pets.
0: How much damage can a a little... Well, I've got a Maltese terrier. How much damage can a pet do to the property? I just can't understand.
1: Well, well, I have three teenagers and a dog, and it's not the dog who makes the most damage. Um, So I think it's it's overrated that that, uh, dogs and cats... Yes, I mean, there are... Some bad examples, and there are landlords who've had bad ex- bad experiences with with tenants with pets. But the majority are really responsible, really well behaved. But you know, children have crayons, they have paintbrushes. You know, adults have parties. That you know, in a way, with tenancies, it's a luck of the draw as to how well behaved and the wear and tear in a property. But I think that that people with pets are kind of being pigeonholed by landlords as they equal damage. But the other problem is, is that in 2019, the government brought in the, the Tenancy Fees Act, in which they capped the deposit to five weeks. Now, for a lot of landlords, five weeks deposit is not enough to cover the potential damage that a pet could do in their eyes, uh, which has put off more landlords um, from renting to people with, with, with cats and dogs.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. So before it was, how much, how much deposit previously? About eight weeks or something like that?
1: Yeah, you could, but also you could enforce, you could stipulate in an agreement that you wanted it deep cleaned, etc. But but that, that right has been taken away from landlords in that act, so they can't force people to deep clean a, a property. You know, they they, they they're taking on more of the more of the fees that the tenants were charged before. Um, so some landlords have tried to compens- to compensate themselves by you know by um, introducing pet rents and things like that, which I, I think is, is not right.
0: Pet rent, wow,
1: pet rent yes, yeah. so an additional an additional amount of money per month per pet
0: wow, that sounds crazy, that sounds crazy. How much could that be? I mean, does it vary per
1: well, it varies, it varies depends on the landlord, some don 't do that there's some with some properties there's no additional rent, uh, some will charge anything between you know twenty to fifty pounds a month per pet.
0: Right so that's a bit like a pet insurance isn't it that extra additional pet r- let and and the insurance on top it's it's still quite costly exactly, isn't it Exactly, especially now with the pandemic it, it's it so is hard
1: costly.
0: how do people do people have that
1: kind of money no i think people people struggle um and i think the other problem at the moment is particularly if you're coming from overseas it's harder to get references with covid um, and because the government are protecting tenants more during the COVID crisis with uh, you know people losing their jobs etc., it 's harder for landlords to evict tenants, so therefore landlords are more uh, apprehensive about taking on new tenants than, you know so people are having to pay you know three to six months up front
0: three to six months, and you don 't even know if you 're going to have a job next. up front, wow.
1: Well, well, that is it. But there, but there again, you know, landlords and agents look at the affordability. You know, can you afford to stay there? Because you could potentially lose your job, etc.
0: It's very difficult. It's very. We were hoping, my friend and I, we said, let's let's keep a lookout. You know, it, are the are the, the the rents dropping in the next? We're hoping that it'll drop in the next months or so. We're waiting for a miracle. I've been in my place. 15 years I live in Wollstone Green and I've got a studio and there's a garden and um, it's perfect in summer, it's freezing cold in winter it's drafty but my landlord for some reason we've sort of managed to carry on and he did not expect Robbie to Show up. And it's really funny because um, I started off with a cat, <laughs> a rescue cat. And he went, and, and I didn't tell him I rescued a cat. And one day my landlord came in and he, he looked and he said, Is that a cat? And I said, Yeah, she's from outside. She just keeps visiting me. <laughs> I made up that story for a few years. And he said, I, That cat is quite often around, isn't it? Are you sure? Is this your cat, Marnie? And one day I said, Listen, I can say the name Paul, um, yeah, all right, Samantha's my cat, and he went, oh, you should have told me, and then the next thing happens suddenly, little flur fluffy ball here shows up because he's a rescue he uh long story anyway, he was a purchase made by a very wealthy Arab Iranian family who no longer wanted him, and he i I took over and he ended up with Samantha so suddenly I have Robbie and Samantha and then Paul came in and he said well this has to be your dog this didn't come out of the garden did it you know what I mean and and I said yeah yeah Paul all right I've got a dog now he's really lovely he's been on Britain's Got Talent he's a celebrity you have to understand this and I must say he's actually he's the kind of guy as long as you pay he's all right and uh, there's the garden as well um so maybe I was quite lucky in a way, but now we've got I've got neighbors next door and they moved in with their dog and another neighbor upstairs moved in with a dog because he can't say no anymore because of Robbie. He feels bad now not to let other people in with dogs because he knows it would be, you know, if neighbors hear Robbie, they say, well, hang on a minute, she's got a dog. So he's kind of got his work cut out, you know. But that is is that um, quite a regular thing? I mean, have I been lucky there or what do you think?
1: I think... No, Molly. I think you've been very lucky. Um, There are a lot of people who are renting. Uh, They rent somewhere. They move in. They get a dog, cat, and you know they're worried the whole time that the landlord will turn up, Um, and they're too afraid to approach landlords. But what I would say to you and your neighbours is: Do you have a pets clause in your your tenancy agreement? Because if you don't, technically your landlord could evict you any time.
0: Really? Because of the oh, just because of the pet? My goodness. Uh, even during COVID,
1: yes, it, it breaks the agreement. I mean, it'd be harder during COVID, but technically, if you don't have a, a pets clause in your your tenancy agreement, you can be evicted because otherwise, it's a handshake, isn't it? It's just a, a goodwill gesture, but it's not set in stone. So that's something that people need to look out for.
0: Oh, that's really good to hear. My goodness, and and what do you what do you reckon? Are are property prices are they dropping? What do you how do you see the next few months
1: um, on rentals? Um, I think if it's funny because in London, a lot of people want outside space. So something with a garden patio it goes really, really quickly. Um, the not so good properties do sit there, um, but I think the prices are about the same because things don't hang around for long.
0: Really, I thought th- I see so many empty properties. I thought everybody had left. I mean, I just found out that seven hundred thousand Europeans have left in last month. Have left London. It, you know it. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of flats. No?
1: It is. It is. There are, there are, a, lot of, um, uh, there are a lot of empty properties, but um, the good properties go quickly. And, but you find a lot of those empty properties are in blocks. So regards, uh, you know, my pet sleds and my business, it's, it, you can't get pets in a lot of those blocks anyway.
0: Oh, I see. That makes a lot of sense. So, where what what are your properties then? What you're dealing with? Uh, do you have central London, or do you, is it everywhere?
1: Um, we we cover we cover the whole UK. So I have colleagues who we, we uh, work with colleagues who cover the whole UK. So we just took on uh, this week two two clients, one in Northampton um, and the other one near Derby.
0: Mm, that's incredible. Um, and, and, and then what... we just
1: had one that we found for in in, in Kent as well. So. Um yeah no we cover we cover the uk it's
0: amazing and in terms of your services landlords can register with you there's a free online sign up they they can register
1: exactly so pet sets is a portal it's a property portal just like a, a, a you know a right mood soup blurb on the market um where you can upload your properties and uh, for free and you can register as a, a tenant with a pet for free and then you you receive alerts um so, yeah, it's very, very simple. And there's a relocation service for people who need help finding somewhere.
0: Oh, incorrect. So the relocation service uh, contains, what, a van or, a, or an airplane?
1: No, so you've, you've got the portal. Then the relocation service is a paying service. So you, you pay for uh, myself or one of my colleagues to help find your property. So we will find you properties, come up with ideas for locations, types of properties, negotiate on your rent for you, deal with a tenancy agreement, make sure a pet's clause is involved, um, and source through contacts um, a, a property that works work for you.
0: Incredible. That's incredible. I would think everything is a little bit easier at the moment to, to get. I thought landlords are just opening up their flats and like, come on in. You know, I really thought that it would be a lot easier and um, more, or not compassionate maybe, but uh, more flexible. In a way, oh, it still sounds the same uh, as
1: before. Yeah, I think it's, I think it sounds, it's the same. I think it's slightly, slightly harder because landlords are worried that they will be have to go through a long eviction process because someone can't pay.
0: Mm, exactly. That's absolutely. Um, and have you had any difficult experiences recently with COVID? Um, I mean, can you talk about it? Uh, you know, in terms of clients and things. No,
1: no, no. I haven't. I haven't. Um, not at all. I think, uh, I, think, I think, you know, the way forward is to educate landlords. Um, and I think the more positive experiences uh, landlords have with people with pets, the better it will become. Because the trouble is that when the landlord has a bad experience, um, that kind of sticks in their mind. And property is a small world. So a lot of landlords talk, particularly if they own portfolios.
0: I see and what are the obstacles for for example a large-sized dog and the, or a small-sized dog what would you recommend if somebody had who comes with a Labrador um do you have recommendations
1: there are some landlords stipulate they'll only have a small dog some some landlords will say I just want a cat um I think sometimes it's it's good for people to to actually take your dog along if you like a property you take the dog along and arrange to, to meet up with the landlord and say look it's, you know he or she is really relaxed I've got and the most important thing is if you can get a reference from a previous landlord to say never had a problem no damage really well behaved that's really really important
0: I mean Robbie doesn't bark he doesn't do anything uh, <laughs> apart from Doga he's so quiet he's just a little fluffball uh he 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 you know I used to leave him and that sounds terrible but sometimes seven hours if I wasn't on a shift and he never barked once you know but it's one of the dogs that he's used to being left on his own that's another thing um it's getting more difficult people a lot of dog owners have told me that they're very concerned about going back to work that their dog will be barking and crying and won't be able to be on their own anymore because of this whole attachment thing that has occurred uh, whilst working from home have you have you heard about this have you heard any any of your clients uh, saying oh I'm scared, you know, if my dog will bark.
1: Um, I think, yeah, people are in general are are worried about it. But I think more and more people are working from home or will be commuting into the office less. Um, But there are, I've spoken to dog trainers about it. And it's something that I think people just have to gradually phase in so the dog gets used to their owner being around less.
0: Mm, absolutely it's like children isn't it i mean i heard the the more fuss you make the worse it becomes the more fuss the more anxiety it brings up but the thing is you might not be able to help the barking who knows maybe there is a lot of crying in the first week or something like that how do you how do you inform your neighbors you know (laughs) i'm going through you know i'm going through a divorce with my dog at the moment you know
1: (laughs) well there are trainers who actually are kind of working on that um to help people uh, with those problems so that the the dog gets used to it. I have heard of that.
0: Absolutely. And you can always break it up. I mean, I always broke, broke up the day that the dog walker would come in. Robbie has a dog walker for one, even almost two hours. They were so great. And then sometimes they would even take Robbie home. You know, something like that, just a transition. You need to, I think a good dog walker who understands the situation is really important. But I, I don't think uh, dogs fall out of habits. I don't, I think they can resettle quicker than a human, I think, uh, when it's consistent. Am I am I right?
1: I think you're right. And I think if, you, if the dog has a good relationship with the dog walker anyway, then that's brilliant, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. That's Absolutely. really
1: important that they get on with the dog walker and they feel they're like an extension of the family.
0: Absolutely. I just feel like Robbie's getting sick and tired of me as well. Like I, you know, I'm doing so many Zoom classes from home. I'm doing the podcast from home. We are, you know, I'm looking at him and he's like, oh, God, you know, again. And I'm just thinking, God, we need to break this up at some point. You know, it's it's just not, it's not normal to sit at home all day long, work from home and then cook at home. And then, you know, it's just, I think humans do need to break up things uh, during the day. It's just unnatural um, because we are hunter gatherers, right? can't just gather everything from home
1: we we are and i think you you, you need to mix with friends and mix it with other people um you know i've got homeschooling at the moment it's really hard because the kids they want to see their friends they like the routine and they actually i never thought i'd hear it but you know they they actually would like to be back at school uh, they it easier <laughs> rather than having to sit in front of a laptop
0: yeah. Oh, Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Maybe the whole thing worked itself out really nicely. You know, the kids go, Dad, Mom, I'm going to school. I'm going to do homework with my friend today. How amazing. I really think everybody will be just happy for anything. Um, yeah, so so how do you – it's amazing. So do you do events? Will you eventually – have you done, like, dog events? Have you been part of Crufts and things like that, Russell?
1: No, I haven't been involved in any uh, dog events. I've been to uh, – a couple of uh, small events uh, run by the dog vine to the dog vine etc in london but you know that was pre pre-covid i mean at the moment we're, we're focusing on you know getting more and more properties under the portal and looking after clients across the country
0: absolutely and do you get press do you get uh like uh papers approaching you is that a subject at the moment we had,
1: we had a picture of biscuit was in in the sun uh, a few weeks back <laughs> <laughs> through a contact and then we had a little bit in the bricks and mortar uh, that was a few months ago uh, there was a piece that the evening standard did on a client a happy client in a property uh, but unfortunately that was uh, put on the shelf because covid hit so it never it never was published
0: oh dear but i also one thing i wanted to ask how do you see the future of pet sled? So, how do you see pet pet friendly letting do you think because as a dog teacher, I've had a lot of couples coming to my class either with their dog, and it is officially their child. <laughs> I don't think they want kids, and necessarily not in, not in the near future. Or I had couples coming to my class because they were desperate to be part of these dogs because they're thinking about getting a dog. I saw a lot of new, if I may say millennia, are they millennials? It's sort of in their 20s and
1: 30s couples. Did, yeah.
0: Did you, did, you, did you notice that? Did you notice that, that that will be more increasing?
1: I've, I've had quite a few clients who are millennials singles uh, with their dogs. Um, one came over from Singapore and the dog came from the States and it was an unfurnished property and all the furniture arrived, packed, um, but she was just really happy that the dog food was there in, in time. Amazing!
0: So the dog was living in America, and she's in Singapore. Wow!
1: Yeah, yeah, and and they're, they're fine. They're really happy now. Um, she's a really nice client, and uh, yeah, the, the dog is her child. It was a rescue dog, and he's quite nervous. Um, and she was training him, and yeah, they are they're the family.
0: Incredible! I have to say, uh, if I may mention names, I have uh, collaborated with a company called Fizzy Living uh fizzy living they have a yeah do you know about them they're they're, they have like three four major complexes yeah and they say it's dog friendly and i was offering doga to um the residents um as a as a pr stunt and things like that that's that's pretty new Uh, do you think there'll be more like that happening more companies like this
1: well the thing is those are they they offer pet friendly properties in blocks that they own so they own those blocks so they, they have a, a portfolio that they, they cover um, the relocation service is a bespoke service where you listen to what your clients looking for uh, where they want to be and then you come up with ideas and find them a solution for their for themselves and their pets to fit the budget so for example you know we have a client who's Coming over from from another country has a job in a hospital, so she is quite specific in the criteria she wants she needs with her cat. So it's it's a bespoke service that we don't we could we could go to Fizzy Living and say what have you got or that's but this is a this is kind of going through the nitty gritty bits, of particular streets locations, and coming up with ideas. You know, with a lot of clients, who say I want this, and sometimes they'll end up with something completely different. You go, well, what about this? This is a much nicer location. This property could work for you better. So another client who's coming over from the US, um, She, we had a long chat the other day. She's lovely. And she said, just to let you know, my dog's quite yappy. So I said, well, then a, then a, man, a, a block of flats is not going to work for you. So let's look for a small house. It's where you won't have a neighbor complaining about your dog's yapping. It's just the small bits that you listen to with clients and then you come up with solutions.
0: It's incredible. So they have a certain budget uh, so you would look at the budget, and then you might have to also convince the client to maybe move move a little bit further away to get that place, or you know um, it must be quite tricky, isn't it, to balance all of it out?
1: You do. It, it, it can be tricky. You, you you do balance it out. Um, uh, so I had a client who she's coming over, and she said, "I, I don't. I've looked at this Guildford big be quite, quite nice, but she'll be working more in Southwest London," and I said you know, it looks really nice to the garden, but I'm just not sure whether, you know, after a while you're working long hours commuting, it might just get to you. So you've got to balance it. And she didn't know; doesn't know London very well. So you just, you're using local knowledge to advise people. Um, that's what we do. Um, so everyone, the people that I work with have very good local knowledge of the areas and the properties, and they have their, their sources of contacts.
0: Have you had an ordi- uh, extraordinary pet request? Any chance? <laughs> you know, when we look at pets, it can be any any animal. No,
1: know. no, no. I I was asked about someone who had nine dogs. Um, oh the wow! We got, a, we got a client with four dogs, but nine, I think, is, is four. Four we can do. We just four four should be okay. Um, according to my colleague who's who's dealing with it, um, who I talk to all the time, uh, but nine would be is is you, you're going to struggle.
0: Nine is a lot.
1: Nine is a lot. Uh,
0: I mean, um, nine I mean, is I'm, a lot.
1: Nine is a lot.
0: Definitely. And uh, I mean, I am kind of keen to think. I have been thinking about a second dog. I have thought about a second dog. And I do. My garden is large enough. Uh, I mean, it goes right to the end when I think I've got a, a more garden space than actually the studio space. And uh, I have been thinking about it. I just uh, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know how Paul's going to react.
1: Well, that's it. You just don't know how they react, do you?
0: No, but after 15 years, you know, I, I mean, um, I have, but I have been about your service and I did want to look into it actually because I am thinking of looking around. Um, my, my wish would be a, a one-bedroom sort of garden maybe not necessarily garden then but uh, one bedroom and i'm central london or around the outskirts of london i think Uh, hopefully gyms will reopen and yoga studios at some point where i do and i do a lot of events so doga hopefully i'll be rushing around like in days teaching so how much (laughs) how much would a one bedroom Central London. On, just give us, give, tell just roughly, love roughly, how much.
1: It, it, I, I can't because it varies so much depending on which part of London you're talking about.
0: What about the East End? Not Shoreditch, but something a bit more further away. Uh,
1: uh, if you're looking on a on a weekly basis, uh, it just it just it just varies. I mean, it just varies on on the location, the street, the kind of size of the property. Um, it could be anything between 200 and 350 a week it just it just varies it's only when you start looking into it for clients and the research and then that that, that you really get to the nitty gritty of of affordability
0: and how hard is is it to get studios with gardens that garden studio that i'd never found that <laughs> that's like unusual is that am i right or is that happening
1: yeah that's that that is unusual i think that's great it's a good find um you're more likely to get one beds or sometimes if you get a really nice light lower ground floor flat. Some people are funny about lower grounds, uh but basement flat. But if they're light uh and they're good they're set back from the light well, then they can work really well. Um and you can get them for a bit cheaper because some people just won't even consider a basement flat.
0: Really? I think that's a wonderful thing. Oh yeah, ground you mean yeah. lower ground. A lot of people oh. have issues.
1: Lower ground, but if it's light, if it's light and it has an outs- outside space, it can work really well. More in central London, um, and if they're light and it hasn't got any, uh, any other issues, such as damp, etc., it can work really well and you can get them for less because so just some people won't consider them.
0: Oh, this might be something that I'm going to look at then, potentially. That oh, you've given me an idea.
1: <laughs> the other tip is with dealing with agents, for example. You, you might talk to an agency and they say, as soon as you say the word pet or dog, they just hang up on you. Well, they just basically hang up on you. They don't want to talk to you. They've, I've got nothing. Um, but it, it, sometimes you could talk to someone else in that office who actually will be more sympathetic and more helpful. So just because someone's been unhelpful, you could have someone else there who, who, will, who will help you. And, but the other thing is to be aware of is that if properties say no to pets, but if they've been on the market for a long time, you know, time is money to landlords, so they might actually reconsider. And if it's a small dog or just a cat, they might just might just say yes.
0: So it's worth uh coming back to a property that you've seen and 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 checking yeah, it's up wor- it. yeah, yeah. It's yeah.
1: worth pursuing. It's worth pursuing. Absolutely. Um, you're very quickly forgotten by estate agents. They've got so many people they're dealing with, you're quickly forgotten, so you've always got to be on their case.
0: So, with you, would I just keep coming back to you and say, "Hey, you know, is this still going? Have you, can you ask again?" Would you be the middle person to, uh, for that?
1: Yeah, if I'm you're... dealing with a client, I am. I, um, I just they don't have to talk to agents or people or landlords oh, yes, or anyone. Course, I just yes. deal with it until their property is found. So um, that's 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 part of my job.
0: Okay, so when I sign up on your site. Do I not directly communicate with the landlord at all? All right. Okay. That's so fascinating. Oh, my goodness.
1: So so basically, you'll come back, go through exactly, we'll discuss it, have a call. And then, you know, if you want to sign up, then we go through the whole process of signing up um, and we take over. It's absolutely brilliant.
0: Is there anything that you would still like to uh, advise or a hint or a tip or anything like that uh, before we go into Doga? (laughs)
1: Okay. Um, I would just say that um, it is. It, I know there are a lot of people who who find it extremely difficult to find something with with um, with pets. Um, I would just keep persevering. I would try local Facebook groups, uh, local professionals, vets, etc. Because sometimes through word of mouth, that's another way of finding finding rentals. Um, And as I said before, uh, we have a Pets and Property Tips Facebook group. So feel free to join that and and ask any questions you have.
0: Oh, I'm going to join it. It's brilliant. This is amazing.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: Hi, I'm Vernon Kay. And I'm Holly Mackay. And we're here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Parenting Past the Pandemic, brought to you by Aviva. Yes, we're going to be delving into a whole heap of parenting topics from the generational gap to online safety. And some of the big topics which have come up through the pandemic, such as helping to manage our kids' anxieties and how we can affect the world they'll grow into.
0: Parenting past the pandemic. Find it
1: wherever you found this podcast.
0: Let's do something that um, will be for yourself as well. And uh, is Biscuit there? Can you bring Biscuit over?
1: Yeah, Biscuit's here. Biscuit, come in. Good girl. Yes, yeah,
0: she's here. How wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful.
1: Yeah,
0: she's here. So my so wife does
1: Jaeger as well, so sometimes Biscuit hangs around.
0: Oh, how wonderful. So all we're going to do is, all we're going to do is a little bit of breathing technique. So um, today we're going to focus on the shoulders because I also feel that uh, when you have a, a, a very difficult job, the tension, neck and shoulders, I feel for some reason, I feel you're very tensed in the neck. Am I right? Am I right? I have this you're feeling.
1: Right, yes. Yes, I am. Yes. I know.
0: I'm psychic. I'm psychic. So what we're going to do, are you ready? For, are you sitting up? Are you sitting up? Or are you, are you sitting up straight on a, are you sitting, sitting or up. are you like, okay, good. Okie And I'm and, sitting,
1: I'm sitting on a mat and I've got this here next to me.
0: Okie dokie. Okay. Are you ready for this? So what we're going to do now, is just a simple movement first for yourself. We're going to exhale, inhale, raise the arms over our heads. So you're going to stretch your arms right over your head. Reach up, reach up, reach up. And then interlock the fingers and turn the wrists upwards does that make sense so you turn the palms of your hands up towards the sky and i I can feel you're a very sporty person as well from from your voice so you do work out a lot don't you
1: uh yeah I i like running
0: Yeah, I know you're a runner. I can feel that from your voice. So pushing through the wrists just for a second. Reach up to the sky. And with me, just take a deep breath. Biscuit might notice this. So as runners, we often don't breathe correctly when we run. You do a lot of sharp exhalation, but you might not get a a full inhalation. So let's get that breathing going. Close your lips and just draw the breath through your nose. Keep the stretch and inhale. Exhale. Oh, good. Exhale. And keep... Oh, nice exhalation. And now press into your wrists a little bit more full rotation in the shoulders, drawing the shoulders away from the ears. Exhale. Oh, here we go. And Biscuit, is she looking at you when you're breathing like this?
1: She's right next to me.
0: Good. Just breathe into Biscuit as you're doing that stretch. Hold it there. Hold it there. Do not drop your arms. Lengthening, drawing the shoulders away from the ears. Inhaling, exhaling. Now, I'm going to challenge you because of your diaphragm, you're gonna keep that stretch and you're gonna sniff. And the way you're gonna sniff, imagine there's a fly on the tip of your nose and you go like this. So you're drawing your navel in the spine as you exhale, just focusing on the exhale, sharp. (laughs) Good, and biscuit might respond. Keep those arms up, keep lifted. Sharp, exhale, 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 sniff, focus on the sniff. Good, keep it there, keep lengthening. Okay. I can hear you, (laughs) I keep going. You're gonna start getting tired, but keep pushing through. Keep turning the wrists upwards, upwards, upwards. Press into the palms of your hand. Keep those arms straight. Good. 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Now you're gonna fold the right arm in half. You bend, fold at the elbow joint and hold your head. Yeah. You're going to rest the head in your arms sideways and give yourself a neck stretch and breathe through your nose. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: Just stretch the trapezius. Let your head really rest in the cradle of your. Right elbow, just hang in there, just hang loose. Good. What you can do, if Biscuit is there with your left hand, just massage your dog as you stretch him, but keep that long, deep inhale, exhale through your nose. Uh,
1: she's walked
0: off. It doesn't matter. Keep that stretch and really, really drop the head. You should be able to feel the trapezius, then in the neck, slightly lengthening yeah. through the inhale. Don't overstretch. Just use the breath. Exhale. Good. And now you're going to roll the head. F- eyes. You're going to roll the head forward so your chin touches the sternum and you're going to interlock the fingers yeah. behind your head and just draw your chin in, bringing the chin in deep breathing and really stretch those neck muscles. Really breathe. Yeah. Deep breathing. Find that inhale through your nose. Full breath through the nose, left and right nostril. That's good. Inhale. Exhale, try and elongate your inhalation, try to get it the same length as your exhalation. That's the key to yoga. To bring the mind and the body together. And then from there, you can just drop your head to the left, into the left arm and just drop your head to the side and just lengthen the trapezius. Soften your shoulders, soften your face. Really allow your shoulders to drop in that stretch. Deep breathing through the nose. Inhale, everything's about five to eight breaths in yoga. Can you feel your heart rate slowing down a little? Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inhale. Really drop your head. It's like your head just drops out to the side. You're really holding the weight of your head with your hand, just letting that trapezius just unfold. You see what I mean? You're not pulling, you're letting the breath do the work for you. And now the icing on the cake, and this is one that estate agents always do. I see them when they're sitting on their uh, chairs. I can see through the window. Uh, Interlock your fingers behind the back of your head, the nape of your neck, and just drop your chin back and just cradle your head. Can you feel that? And just lift your chin up. That should feel really nice. And now just keep the elbows lifted and breathe. You okay? Yeah? just cradle you know imagine you're on the beach you're lying on the beach ah yeah just take your head back and just breathe through your nose soften your heart this is also for peace just to soften and soothe the heart center and here you can even massage the back of your neck imagine someone's massaging so you can go right into the nitty-gritty muscles in your neck there's always one side of the neck that's more tense. yeah that's the one by the way you can do this with biscuit all times the same thing maybe not pull their head but just the back of the neck that is something they love good and then from there coming back into the center And just release the arms down to the side and just drop your shoulders down and just feel the difference. Just turn your head from left to right. Just make sure that it's feeling a little looser now. There we go. And exhale, release. That is just a simple, beautiful estate agent yoga mudra.
1: So that's we're great. just bringing, yeah, great. just
0: bringing the palms into prayer position. Is Biscuit still there? They're go- oh, it's gone. Is Biscuit still? Uh, uh, she's gone.
1: She's walked she's off. She's
0: gone. Okay. So I'm going to no, close. She off. She's gone. That's fine. We're going to take a big Om. You don't need to chant if you don't want to. I'll close the session with a big Om because that's what we do in yoga, just okay. to seal the practice, taking a deep inhale. And then inhale, exhale, and then we just bow our heads and say namaste. Namaste, Russell. Namaste, Biscuit, Namaste. Namaste, Paul. And thank you so much, Russell. I hope you're okay. <laughs> A little different. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you, Mike. It's very different, but I enjoyed it. It's good. Thank you, and it's lovely talking to you.
0: Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Biscuit. No, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you, Thanks for listening to Conversations with My Dog. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps others to find us. And talking of spreading the news, please tell another person about the podcast and help us reach more people and dogs. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Namapaw.